Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. Neil, you know what I realized recently? What's that, Josh? I say welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast immediately after... (laughs) Our intro where it says welcome to the shoot your thought podcast i'm saying it twice but this has just become a theme now so so goddamn welcoming i'm just so welcoming do you i don't even remember the guy's name that we got to do that but many people many people thought like you know oh was it you or was it neil that that did that but no we actually combined uh, both of our voices together we did we did it was like a chewbacca thing where you know they just kind of mixed in uh, animal sounds Anyways, we got, a, we got a great show for you guys today. We're going to talk NHL trade deadline, which happened yesterday, um, so immediately fresh after that. We're going to talk about Champions League matchups today and tomorrow. I'm going to go on a little rant about something that uh, happened over the weekend, and um, we're going to talk about something that Neil and I both disagree with, which is um, the Raptors... Their performance. Their performance. Over the last uh, little bit of the season here. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about um, fantasy pickups of the week because, you know, playoffs are starting probably either this week or next week for most people. So um, it's a good time to talk about uh, who you should go and pick up. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the NHL trade deadline. Some, some uh, you know, some pretty big moves happened. Uh, the Leafs, not on the deadline, but they got uh, Nick Foligno. Uh, they got David Riddich uh, and Riley Nash, which is pretty cool. And uh, what are your thoughts about that one, Neil? I think, you know, overall, the Leafs, Kyle Dubas, this management, they did a tremendous job at the trade deadline here, um, going out and getting pretty much everything that they needed to everything get. Everything that they needed, yeah. Um, at the trade deadline checked here. Off and checklist. They checked a lot of boxes off. And, you know, they were, they were really looking for a top six or maybe top nine forward who can play two-way hockey, who's good on the defensive end. Um, they checked that off with Nick Foligno. Uh, they were looking for some goaltender depth. They checked that off with David Riddich. They were looking for some forward depth as well, um, someone with proven playoff, um, a, a playoff caliber type player. Um, Riley Nash has done that with two uh, teams. He's done that with Boston. He's done that with Columbus. The Leafs know all about him. So what did they do? They went out and got him. And then they also wanted to add to their defense, their yes. uh, their depth on defense, because God knows we don't want to see Marinchin back up on the team <laughs> playing as our seventh defender. So oh, they Marinchin. went out and made a trade with Anaheim for Ben Hutton, mm-hmm. um, who I think is only about like about nine fifty, uh, nine hundred fifty thousand against the cap. But overall, this is a really, really um, very savvy moves being done here by Kyle Dubas to make this work and actually not give up any active players on the on the roster. Yeah, they didn't give up any players. They didn't give up any sort of prospects either. You know, they gave up a, a first round, a second round, and a couple fourths. But you know, overall, to make it work with the limited cap space that they had. I think Kyle Dubas did a majestic job here majestic. at getting, getting these players in. Kyle Dubas is definitely majestic. Kyle Dubas, um, I, I just love Kyle Dubas. He, we also went to the same university. I think we've mentioned this before in the podcast, but you know, 
We are one and the same. Um, but uh, specifically about the Nick Foligno trade, it, it got a lot of backlash on, on in Leafs media and Leafs Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people hated the fact that we gave up a first-round pick. And to that, I just say, when is the time that, you know, we're going to stop worrying about our first-round picks? When is the time we're going to focus on the team that we have now? This is a team that we're looking to win it all this year. And, you know, we, we got to stop thinking, you know, we, we have to protect our first-round picks, you know? Because, like, it's obviously going to be a late first-round pick. The Leafs are going to go far. Knock on wood wherever you see it. But, mm-hmm. you know, the Leafs are going to go far in the playoffs, which means their first-round pick is not going to be, uh, you know, in the top 10. It's not going to be in the top 20, hopefully. So, like, you know, they're not giving up a lot here. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, thoughts, like, giving up a first-round pick for a team that's in win-now mode, I think the the window is wide open for the Leafs this year. And, you know, like, teams that they are stacking up against are bulking up. You're looking at a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning who are giving away their first and second-round pick yeah. for absolutely trash players. Like it's not you know, them, like, yeah. they're just depth pieces. So the Leafs go. The Leafs went out, and you know they had a choice. They could either, you know, acquire acquire a guy like Taylor Hall, who's not as solid defensively, doesn't really bring that leadership that Nick Foligno brings. And let's be honest here, Nick Foligno can be slotted in basically anywhere, anywhere. on this team. Yeah. All three he plays all three positions. Um, he plays left wing, right wing, center. You name it. Like he he plays on the penalty kill. He plays on the power play. He was a he was the captain. Of the Columbus Blue Jackets, mm-hmm. a captain. So what what they're doing is they're bringing in even more leadership now. Yeah. And, like, they're bringing in players with this leadership. I think they have, like, like five or six players who have been captains before. Or who yeah. are captain, or who have worn a, who worn a letter on their jersey. Worn a letter, yeah. The, the list for the amount of players that have worn a letter extends. But um, uh, there were four captains of previous teams. So there's Tavares, who is captain, captain of the Islanders and mm-hmm. now captain of the Leafs. There's... Joe Thornton, who was captain of the Sharks for a little bit. Um, there was Jason Spezza, who was the captain of the Sens. And now Nick Foligno, who was captain of the Jackets. I love the move. You know, I talked a little bit about this player um, not so long ago, a few episodes ago. You did um, call this. I'm not sure if you called it specifically, but you said this is what the Leafs need. Foligno's on an expiring contract. And the Leafs, you know, like they, they knew that. So, you know, giving up a first rounder does, it is a lot. But in comparison to what they're about to get over the stretch run here, and I think you know, like the play of Alex Galchenyuk factors into this as well. Yeah, he's played. He's you know, played really well. I think you know, with the way he's played and way that he's he's brought some offense to this team, they didn't really need to go out and get a Taylor Hall. No, you know, they needed some to address other areas in this, and I think this one player addresses many needs that they had. I think, you know, um, the real eye-opener over this deadline day was um, the, the, the trade for David Riddich. I was wondering when we were going to talk about this. Because now the Leafs have four goaltenders. Four goaltenders that you can start on any night. You know, I jokingly said that they should trade Freddie Anderson. But I think, you know, even though he's in an expiring contract this year, this is his last year under contract with the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. There's something more to this story that's not being said, you know, and and we don't know what that is. 
but it's we can time to speculate. speculate. We love speculating. We what love you, shooting think, our thought. Here what do you on think the? Uh, yeah. What do you think the uh, the the part is that we're not hearing? Yeah. Just read between the lines. You know, the the Leafs have been playing. Uh, I think Campbell had his fifth straight start last night. Um, he finally lost a game against the Canadians. Yeah, he's, he's going for eleven straight wins. He was stopped at ten, unfortunately. He's looked amazing. You know, he's exactly what the Leafs needed. Next man up. You know, he's he's played exactly the way we needed him to play. Freddie was not playing to that caliber. No. A starting goalie that we needed. Now we're hearing that he could be out longer than, than normal. You know, I saw Kyle Dubas speak about Freddie a little bit yesterday, but he was being very vague. That's what Kyle Dubas does. He's being very dark he, he and knows, eerie. Yeah. You know, almost saying, almost like, Alluding to the fact that we're not going to see Freddie again this year, but not in those exact words. Yeah. He's saying that, you know, Freddie, they're going to give him as long as he needs. They want him back at 110%. Just very eerie things to be saying about your starting goalie without actually giving an update, you know? Yeah. He's- so this this signing of David Riddich could go either way. It could go in the fact that, or in the direction that, you know, Freddie's going to be out and we know he's on an expiring contract and we're planning for the future. It could go, uh, you know, we want to give Freddie the time he needs to come back because this is not an injury that we want to rush through and we know we're going to be a playoff team, so let's let him, you know, take his time. Or I saw on Twitter yesterday something that, you know, is an eye-opener saying that Freddie Anderson is about to get the Joffrey Lupul treatment, meaning that we never actually, you know get rid of him we never actually tell him which way or no uh we just kind of forget about him uh with with a player such as freddie and like with his stature in this in this uh like amongst this team and how just how beloved he is by the players i don't know if that would go across too well if they were no it would doing that you know i think I think he is injured. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he's not injured. Mm-hmm. And they placed him on long-term IR. And now I I personally think they're giving him the Kucherov treatment. They're, they're playing this. The Leafs are playing this the exact same way that the Tampa Bay Lightning are playing Kucherov. Yeah. In such that this player, if this was playoffs right now, we would see Freddie on the ice. If this was playoffs right now, we'd see Kucherov, we on, see the Kucherov ice. on the ice. You know, yeah. this has a lot to do with salary cap manipulation. And I think... You know, placing him on LTIR, which is a designation that provides salary cap relief yeah. uh, for rosters who are hit with significantly harmed players. These players have to miss a minimum of 10 games yeah. or a minimum of 24 days, you know, whatever comes first. And, you know, it's no secret that Kyle Dubas made an effort to accrue cap space in order to add to his first place team yesterday. And now, like, I feel like the upside of losing depth forwards that we have seen over this past year, like Boyd and, and VC to waivers, which of course got picked up by Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, the, the 5 million that they were able to put on LTIR that Anderson carries was actually the reason why they were able to pick up some guys like Foligno and yeah. Galchenyuk. And, you know, they were able to add overall. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they spun that with Anderson. I don't know how that. I feel like that's that's probably a reason why they're being so vague right now through the media. Is because you know they're trying to manipulate the system. We saw them manipulate the system with these other teams and them retaining salary. 
Yeah. That three-way deal with, with San oh Jose. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how Dubas pulled that off. And Columbus. Like, for them to tr- make one trade, yeah, you're going to retain 50. Oh, yeah, we want to trade with you now. I'll, th- I'll, th- I'll send you a fourth rounder if you retain half of this guy's salary. Yeah. These teams have so much salary cap space, so it doesn't matter to them. For them, like, we're going to talk about it in a minute with um, the, the trade between Washington and, and Detroit, but... Right now, we're living in a time where some teams, these these upper echelon teams are dealing with salary cap problems. And these lower teams are saying, hey, just give me your fucking <laughs> draft picks and I'll take half of this I'll guy's salary. Take your salary for the year, yeah. And you know, it's it's just the way it is right now. And I don't know if that's going to be a problem for Gary Bettman moving forward in the NHL, but we'll see. Yeah, there's some, there's some, obviously, like teams have found a way to, you know, manip- manipulate the system a little bit. Um Tampa Bay came under serious fire when when they saw when there were videos that came out of Kucherov, you know, practicing with the team and you know he looked completely fine even though he's on long-term IR. What I think the Leafs are doing right now, I think they're trying out their team for the playoffs. I think there's going to be obviously some moves that happen um within the Leafs organization, you know, uh maybe like dropping players like putting them on waivers or sending them down to the taxi squad what have you. But I think this team is, you know, we we realize we have the space, we have the time to try out these players for the playoffs. And that's that might be what they're doing with their goaltender situation. That might be what they're doing with, you know, the Galchenyuk situation. But the lines are definitely not set. I think that maybe the top two lines are set, but the rest of it is is up for debate. Uh, but yeah, some other trades that happened. Taylor Hall was sent to the Boston Bruins for a second rounder. Yeah, it was a great deal for the Bruins because they needed to shore up their offense past their big first line. And, you know, Craig Smith has been playing really well. Um, Krejci has been playing well. But they haven't had that second line kind of savvy goal scorer that they're missing, you know, and, and I think, you know, Taylor Hall really fits this mold really well. And I think you're going to see him play really well with Krejci because, you know, Taylor Hall needs to play off the puck. Krejci plays with the puck, you know, he can set him up. Krejci is one of the best setup centers uh, in the league. You see his assist totals really high every year. So I think, you know, this is a good signing by um, the Bruins to only give up a second rounder. I think that's a steal for them. Yeah, seriously. Um, Taylor Hall, obviously his his value has gone down over the last few years. Um, with each team, he just can't seem to get it together, especially in Buffalo. I don't think any player can get it together in Buffalo. Um, but, you know, I think Boston is a good... Boston has a lot of firepower. And if you slot Taylor Hall in there, I think he can he can uh, rejuvenate what was lost before. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but it also means that all Leafs fans now hate Taylor Hall. So now that he plays for the Bruins, um, Sam Bennett was traded um, for a second rounder. What are your thoughts on that? Neil? Well, I mean, um, Calgary they didn't really take their time with this, you know. Well, sorry, they did take their time. They with did, this. yeah. Um, the GM there, like he he basically said, he's like, even though Sam Bennett demanded a trade, what seems like months ago, he basically went went out and said, you know, I'm going to trade you when I'm fucking good and ready to trade you. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. It came down where um, he waited until he found the deal he liked. He got a second rounder out of it. And, you know, you know, what this shows me is that you know, the value for players is different from team to team. You see a second rounder go for Taylor Hall. You see a second rounder go for Sam Bennett. Me personally, 
I would rather have Taylor Hall. You know, I would but... also rather have Taylor Hall. Um, I think Sam Bennett, you know, is is a better presence in the locker room, and maybe that factored in. But, but yeah. uh, in terms of value, we we talked about salary cap manipulation. Um, a first rounder and a second rounder. I say those as if almost they're, like they're throw-ins in this next deal, but um, basically, I have, I have some thoughts about Washington this dealt uh, Verana, Panic, a first and second for Ant- Anthony Mantha. For only Anthony Mantha, just one player. You and, give up all of that for Anthony. You know, Mantha? Steve Eisenman was very majestic, and I'll use that word many times because it wow. was. Wow! All right, blew my mind today. He's like a gazelle running in the wind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, having a guy like Anthony Mantha, who you know, who is what he is. I think he's like twenty nine now. He's not. He's not still a prospect. You know, he he is not worth, in my opinion, a first and a second rounder. And I think Washington knows that. And I think they gave up all all of this, what they did, um, to alleviate some of the cap, salary cap space they had. You know, so again, you're going to continue to see draft picks come into play here for salary cap purposes. Yeah. I think when I saw this trade, I, I thought, you know, personally, I think Verana is a better player than Anthony Mantha. Yeah, in terms of offense, he brings exactly what Mantha brings. Yeah. Verana is actually two years younger than Mantha. So. Yeah. And to give up I mean, Verana, Ponick, and a first and second rounder? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you thinking? For Anthony Mantha, like, they're. You could have offered that to any team, and you could have gotten a lot better players than Anthony Mantha. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not seeing something that you know is is not being talked about. But um, Washington did come out today and say that uh, Verana was a, a frustrated player in Washington um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, you know, maybe he wasn't getting the playing time that he wanted. You know, maybe he he was frustrated that he he wasn't on a higher line, what have you. But um, he he needed a change up. And so I think, you know, that that kind of tied the hands of, of Washington. You know, they kind of had to get rid of him. But still, I think they gave up way too much for Anthony Mantha. All right. You want to move on to some Champions League? Let's move on to some Champions League. So we got the second leg of some matches happening today. We got Chelsea and Porto um, clashing heads today. We Chelsea's got the uh, 2-0 advantage going into this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Chelsea walks through this game. Yeah, I mean, they just got to play sit-back defense right now, not, you know, make any mistakes against Porto. Porto can capitalize if they do. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, PSG has a lead over Bayern going into this league, going into this leg. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be the match to watch. I think Bayern obviously has a lot of firepower. Um, yeah, going into this. Um, I Yeah, this is going to be a fun game to watch because it's still up in the air. It's still anyone's game. Well, you know, like Bayern midfielder Josh Kimmich, uh, he came out yesterday and he said he insisted that um, Bayern's the better team, that they have, will have no problem beating. Who PSG? said that? Kimmich. Okay. Um, you know, last week, Bayern obviously lost 3-2 in the first leg. So, you know, we're going to see some good matchups here. And I think you mentioned it. I think this matchup today between PSG and Bayern is going to be the one to watch. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's it's not going to be a nil-nil game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Well, we saw five goals in the first leg, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, seriously. Uh, then we got Man City going up against Dortmund tomorrow. Um, I personally think, as much as I hate to say it, I think Man City is going to 
going to advance in this one. Oh, you're not a city fan? Uh, n- you know what? No, <laughs> I'm just not a fan of blue in general. No, not really my color. Uh, then we got Liverpool and Real Madrid, which is a rematch um, from a Champions League final a couple years ago. Yeah, breaking news here that uh, Sergio Ramos tested positive for COVID, so he won't be playing in that game. Really? Yeah. Really? Wow. I wonder if that's going to affect yeah. anyone else. I mean, it, it might affect his career here because his, his contract is actually up um, at the end of June. Wow. So he's 35, so I don't know what we're going to see. We might be seeing the last of Sergio Ramos here. Yeah, breaking news on Shoot Your Thought podcast. Maybe he'll sign with Toronto FC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, uh, crazier things have happened. Oh, we, we got Jermaine Defoe over here for yeah, some reason. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, crazier things. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think Liverpool um, will bow out uh, during this match. Um, I don't think Real Madrid uh, is going to go to the final, but I don't think they're going to concede defeat to Liverpool here. I guess we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Liverpool um, hasn't looked good, so I don't know. No, Liverpool. We'll Liverpool is back to old Liverpool ways. Yeah. Um, I, I think they, you know, they still have some, some things to figure out. Um, some Liverpool's got quite a comeback to make. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We'll Which see. I know could happen. They're down three-one. Could happen. The way their offense is, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it's always different, you know, going from league to, to Champions League, like, you know, domestically to Champions League. Like, yeah. you could be doing terribly in your domestic league and then, you know, make it to the Champions League final or vice versa. So we'll see. Um, but something I did want to talk about this past weekend, um, and, you know, it's been a controversial debate topic in the world of European football, uh, and that's VAR. Um, so a video assistant referee basically was introduced a few years back um, as just, you know, a, a second set of eyes on, on the pitch. You know, uh, football in Europe and, uh, and in North America and all around the world has always, you know, been the one sport in the world that doesn't have or, or didn't have before, you know, video review. And, and there was a lot of argument, uh, you know, against that in, in North America, you know, with it being, you know, not not the most prominent sport in North America. You know, we look at, you know, the NFL and there's video reviews on basically everything. NHL, same thing. MLB. And then, you know, going into MLS, there's so much that the refs were missing. And so the introduction of VAR just gave, you know, a second set of eyes, second, third set of eyes on things that, you know, the, the ref on the pitch was missing. However, this past weekend, VAR is, is giving opportunity to, to players to basically sell calls. Yeah. And, and this past weekend um, in the uh, Manchester United Tottenham game, there was basically... So Scott McTominay, who plays for Manchester United, um, you know, was running and his arm caught a player on Tottenham in the face. Um, and Son, who was the player who got hit in the face, basically sold the hell out of this call and, and, you know, fell down to the ground immediately and just, you know, was writhing in pain. And, you know, probably 20 to 30 seconds go by and Manchester United scores. Um, and, and it was a beautiful goal. It was Cavani's, you know, snuck past the defender, snuck behind him, um, for a through ball and just plopped it into the back of the net. And it was a beautiful goal. But the entire play after that was looked at by VAR. And the entire play got called back 
to relate this to you know uh, a hockey fan who doesn't really watch a lot of soccer basically it's like you know calling an entire goal back off of an offside that happened 45 seconds to a minute before the goal mm-hmm. so you know it, it's it's giving players opportunities to sell calls even more so than they were doing before and I think if VAR is going to call something, they have to call everything. Because right before that call, probably like two minutes before that, Marcus Rashford was fouled twice right outside of the box and could have led to a scoring opportunity. But, you know, that wasn't called. That wasn't looked at. That wasn't even looked at by VAR. And I mean, like, there has to be some consistency with this. There's there's a lot of arguments around it. A lot of people think it's slowing down the game, which I, I agree with, but I still think it's necessary. However, if you're going to call something, you have to call everything. Or if you're going to call, you know, nothing, you have to call nothing all the way around. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's, I think it's only going to continue to get worse before it gets until they actually look at this. Um, but again, you know, VAR has had mixed emotions, mixed thoughts about it since it came into existence. Yeah. Um, some have been horrible. Some have been really good. Um, I don't know. We're v- gonna... Yeah, VAR has done a lot of yeah. good things. It, it, they've they've caught handballs mm-hmm. um, that the refs you know didn't see right away, um, which is great because you know that's that's something that was that players were getting away with for a long, long time. Um, so I, I definitely think there are some kinks to work out, but they're just I'm just asking for some consistency here. Exactly. Are they going to be using it for Euros coming up? You know what? I don't know. Well, we'll see. I mean, um, I think they, they should. They should. You know, at this point, you know, they're using it in every other capacity. They did not use it for the World Cup, so I don't. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's been an announcement on that. We'll find out. We'll, we'll see. get back to you. All right, moving on. We'll talk a little bit about the Raptors. Um, mixed, <laughs> mixed thoughts here between Josh and I. Yeah. Um, the Raptors. What are their? What's their record at right now? What are they sitting at? While you search for the record, I'm going to share a little bit of a, a, an anecdote here. So I... 21 and 33. 21 and 33. Okay. So, you know, not great. But um, <laughs> so in our fantasy league, in our basketball fantasy league, I have Pascal Siakam. And I got a notification one day that he was going to be sitting out for a game. And I thought that was weird. I thought, you know, Pascal Siakam's on hurt. Maybe he's going through something personally. So I looked at uh, the notification and it said the reason for him sitting out was rest slash tanking. And that was the reason that Yahoo Sports gave me for Pascal Siakam sitting Mm -hmm. out. Without any, you know, unprompted. There was no mention of this by the team or, you know, no insinuation of this. But Yahoo Sports just decided to come out and say, yeah, the Raptors are definitely tanking. And it was that, you know, Yahoo Sports coming out and saying the Raptors should probably tank at this point. I don't know. But, um, yeah. Thanks, Yahoo Sports, for getting on Neil's side in this whole debate. I wouldn't even say my side now. Like, there there really is no way to prove that a team is tanking. Um, the players aren't ever going to throw a game. You you're, know, they're telling me the Buffalo Sabres aren't tanking right now? They just suck. They just you know, <laughs> they just they, they literally just suck. Okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, like, there's no way to tell that a team's saying it. Like, Nick Nurse isn't going to call the wrong plays or made bad substitutions. No. You know, like, the Raptors are are super banged up still. You know, Fred's still out with a hip injury. Kyle is in and out of the lineup with a toe infection. 
he's being downgraded from doubtful to out every other game. Yeah. Um, now you're seeing players get rested. I think, you know, right now what's happening, the Raptors are looking ahead, you know, and, and they're looking at this as saying, hey, even if we get to that play-in spot, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, with this, with the caliber roster that they have, I don't think that they have a very good chance. They probably have a better chance at getting a higher lottery pick. The players aren't looking at it that way, but no. management is. It's it's interesting because I'm I'm slowly, very slowly, uh, s- s- you know, jumping onto the side of the Raptors should probably just tank at this point. Because exactly what you just said, the Raptors don't have the roster to compete with a Brooklyn, to compete with a Philly, um, even when they're all healthy. So, But they do have um, some prospects. Malachi, Malachi Flynn has looked really good in the absence of Kyle Lowry and Van Vliet. When the Raptors needed a point guard, Flynn stepped up and looked really good. He got a double-double. Gary Trent Jr. is looking really good. Uh, yeah, he scored they're, 44 they're, points the other night. So they're like, looking at this youth movement right now, and you've seen some synchronization between the backcourt, between Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn has matured so much over the last two weeks. He's really shown his true colors, and he is every part a great draft pick from this past year. 100%. And they got him like in the final picks of the f- first round. Yeah. You know, and... He has been looking every part, you know, over overall, like he's taking advantage of the playing time because Kyle Lowry and Fred are out. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's a depth point guard on this team and he's being given minutes right now. But, you know, he's going to continue to mature and being given more and more playing time can only help the Raptors because you won't see Kyle Lowry here next year. This will be, you know, a shared you're backcourt. S- you're sticking with that, eh? So be a shared backcourt with Fred and Malachi Flynn next year, similar to the way it was with, with Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming into this past weekend, the Raptors only a half game back of Cleveland in the lottery standings. And, you know, that what that does, it gives them a 6% chance at the, the top pick, and it gives them a 26% chance at the top four pick. Why are you throwing these stats at you me? Know, and Making it you know, make if they, sense. If they lose one more game and the Thunder and Washington Wizards win a game, so then the Raptors almost have a 40% chance at a top four pick. You know, and oh, man. that top four pick can help this team. Oh, 100%. You know, whether it's a center that they go out and get, whether, you know, I know they just signed Kem, Kem Birch, but, um, you know, fuck Aaron Baines. <laughs> you know, I was going to wait. I swear, I like, wait if, to if talk he's about on the roster next year, Oh, he won't be. He won't be. The Dude. Raptors just waved Patrick McCaw as well. So yeah, the champion doesn't, himself it doesn't Patrick look like McCaw. they're gonna. You know, whatever team that guy's on has championship aspirations. So it doesn't look like they're gonna be doing that. No, un- unfortunately. Um, but yeah, no. The signing of Ken Birch, bringing him in as you know, uh, perhaps a starting center, I think means one thing that Neil will love to hear, and that's the end of the reign of Aaron Baines. I think the reign of Aaron Baines. The reign of Aaron Baines. <laughs> I think it's over because Cambridge coming in, he's a better center. Um, I think Chris Boucher is a better center than Aaron Baines. I think Pascal Siakam is a better center than Aaron Baines. Uh, I think the signing of Cambridge definitely solidifies the fact that we will not be seeing Aaron Baines in this team going forward. So there you go, Neil. I think you won. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> I told you, I was like, if the Raptors are playing Aaron Baines. They're not playing to win, you know. No. They're 
they're playing to in a subtle way they're playing to lose but what they have to do now they have to make Aaron Baines look you know good to another team you know because what's what's Aaron Baines contract right now Aaron Baines is making $14.3 million over two years. So he signed for another year. He is signed for another year, which basically means the Raptors have to make him look good so that they can offload him this offseason. So their their hands are going to be tied here because they have to you know, make him look like a starting center on another team. So they have to give him playing time so that he can, you know, they can get someone good for him in the offseason. Yeah, Masai doesn't usually make uh, bad calls like this. But again, no one's perfect. You know, the struggle of Aaron Baines this season have not only shined a light on the value that Serge and Marcus Hall brought to the Raptors, but again, like it, like Masai navigating the free agent market over the past eight years, it's been rough. You know, he's acquired a lot of players through trades and a lot of players through draft. You look at this team from one through 13 players, a lot of them have been drafted by the Raptors or traded yeah. for right so kyle was a trade you know um og was drafted pascal drafted fred drafted again like this is like fred was undrafted undrafted but yeah. signed but right signed, after the yeah. draft right yeah. so again malachi flynn like chris boucher these are all homegrown players right so yeah. you know they're, they're not used to going out and signing and i think that was a very he was he was a little tilted when he signed Aaron Baines after the loss of that's what Marcus I was gonna Hall. say I think Aaron Baines was uh was a frantic signing I think it was a last minute signing because they needed a center yeah and let's be Giannis they, let's be honest here they they didn't get a chance to sign Giannis yeah they as he resigned. they lost so again, out on that one I think Masai thought he had a decent chance at at signing uh Giannis this offseason but yeah, isn't the case. Do you remember that um, that that open gym video that got released of Masai and Bobby Webster in the in the draft room when when the Giannis draft happened and they were trying to trade up to get Giannis? Yeah, they they released that methodically so that Giannis could see it, so that he could possibly sign with a team that was trying to get him when he first started. And like I, like we talked about before, Masai helped Giannis's family, you know, settle into North America. So who knows? Like if if the Milwaukee Bucks struggle again in the playoffs, we might see Giannis ask for a trade. That's I'm the saying. thing. I, I, I don't, you know, it, it's hard to say that that's going to happen this year after they made him the most valuable player, the highest paid player in in league history. So. We'll see. It's going to have to take something big for Giannis to... I mean, the Raptors have made some... Like, Masai has made some really... I'm looking at some right here. He's made some really questionable signings over the past year. This is not going to turn into a Masai bashing episode, Neil. It's not, but fuck. Like, Aaron Baines, two years, 14.3 million. Damari Carroll, four years, 60 mil back in 2015. Corey Joseph, four years for 30 mil in 2015. Kojo. Kojo, Tyler Hansborough. Okay, every GM, every president <laughs> makes these, you know, decisions. It's not all on Masai. Bobby Webster's in there too. But um, but yeah, no, I, I think I, I still have a lot of faith in Bobby Webster. I we still don't know the future of Masai Ujiri. We still don't know if he's gonna be with the Raptors organization. So yeah. that's something else that we need to we need to worry about. We need to lock up. So we'll see. We'll see about that. All right, moving on to our fantasy pickups of the week. Fantasy pickups of the week. I know a lot of people have, uh, you know, playoffs starting in their leagues, whether it's already underway or whether 
you know, it's starting next week, which which ours does and which a lot of them do. Um, but you can still pick up players. You can still drop players. So there are still some players to look out for. So, uh, Neil, why don't you start us off? Sure, I'll start us off with fantasy basketball. Sure. And when my pickup right now, I would look on your waiver wires. If he is available, go out and get him. His name's Jaron Jackson Jr. And he hasn't played yet this season. He's just coming back from injury. But this guy was a stud on Memphis last year. He's 73% owned in Yahoo Fantasy Basketball Leagues. He's coming back. He should be back by the end of the month, which is about two weeks away. So if you have an IR spot, you're able to stash this guy, go ahead and stash him. He averaged 17.4 points, almost two blocks, and five boards a game in just 28 minutes with Memphis last year as a sophomore. This guy will help you in your playoff run, especially if you're in need of a big who can uh, help out with blocks. That's that's yeah. that's a good call. That's a good call. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. JJJ. That's a that's a big that's a big call because he, yeah he hasn't played yet this season. So we'll see. Um, my I'm gonna go a little old school here. Um, my pickup of the week, who I've already taken taken advantage of, is Ricky Rubio. I think he's playing like the Ricky Rubio of old right now. Um, I do think this is gonna last. A lot of people don't, but um, you know. The Timberwolves are trying to make a playoff push here. And, you know, Neil's shaking his head across the table right now. But I think if you... There's a lot of injuries right now. If you're looking to make a playoff push and you need a point guard, you need a utility player, um, I think Ricky Rubio is that is that player. Why are you shaking your head, Neil? Uh, I don't know if he's going to be as impactful now that um, D. Russ is back, D'Angelo Russell. Though... Um, yeah, they have Malik Beasley out. So, I mean, he, he could still have uh, some run here in the final. And Ricky Rubio, I will agree, you know, he's a second-half player. You know, he always struggles in the first half of seasons. He always comes alive towards 100%. the end of the playoff, towards playoffs. So, it's not a bad shout. I'm just disagreeing he's going to have as an impact with D'Angelo um, in the backcourt there. Uh, uh, let's move it on over to hockey. Neil, take us away. Uh, my hockey pickup of the week, this week um is i'm gonna go ahead and say jake allen goaltender of the montreal canadians you know they the montreal canadians just fired their coach yesterday the team has been playing really poorly jake allen has not you know jake allen has six wins he has a 2.49 goals against and a 9.12 save percentage this year he started the last four games with price out no one knows how long price is going to be out for this is still a team with playoff aspirations. You're going to see a lot of Jake Allen over the next couple of weeks. If you need a starting goalie, go out and get this man. Good call. Good call. He, he did really well in uh, St. Louis when he was there. Um, my pickup of the week, someone who has been trashed this entire season, um, but uh, he's got three goals in his past two games, and he did something last night that looked like the player of old, and that's Patrick Laine. If you saw him in that game last night, if you haven't seen the clip, go out and see it because he went end-to-end, skated around everyone, and pulled off a magnificent or a majestic goal. Majestic. Majestic. But, um, yeah, a lot of teams, a lot of uh, fantasy fantasy teams, fantasy players have dropped him in significant amount of leagues. So 
He's probably available. I would go pick him up because he's looking like the Patrick Line of old. He's been trash for most of the season, but he looks like he is turning a corner now. So. He is. He is. So, um, yeah, I just shot my thought on that. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I, no, you know what? I just said thank you guys for tuning in, and now our outro is going to say thank you for tuning in to another. Double welcome, double thank you. Double exit. Thank you guys for tuning in. My name is Josh. I'm Neil, and thank no, no, a third thank you. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 